I mean, I would very much welcome the opportunity to work with a nonprofit trying to get launched on the platform and help them figure out a strategy that's actually going to be effective for them because their goals are probably going to be way different than your typical for-profit company. You want to make the platform work for you and not just, you know, get sucked into this rabbit hole. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, if you're, if you're selling something, if you're selling a physical good, then it'll be, there'll be a way to use this to your benefit. You're listening to Relish This, the Purpose Marketing Podcast. Here's your host, Stu Swineford. Hey, everybody. Stu here. Thanks for coming to Relish This today and listening to our show. My guest today is Luke Tierney, and he is the founder and director of EcoD2C. And that company helps people who make eco products get found on Amazon and really you know, maximize their potential in that platform. Now, they do work with other uh, e-commerce platforms, but Amazon's kind of the, the gorilla in the room, or the elephant in the room, as it were. Um, and we had a really fun conversation just about bringing a product to market, some of the challenges that are associated with that, and, and some of the you know, great things that people are doing out there to help drive um, you know, eco-brand awareness and sell more products. Um, you know, it's getting increasingly important to be on Amazon. It, it's working almost as its own search engine at this point. And, um, and Luke and I talk a lot about that stuff. Uh, he has a really great company, really cool um, service that he provides. And I think you're going to enjoy the show. If you're thinking about bringing a product to market, you should check this one out. Here we go. Hey, Luke, how's it going today? It's going great, Stu. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. We just had a rainstorm and a thunderstorm come through here and in, in beautiful Colorado, which is great. We need mm-hmm. the moisture. Um, and hopefully it's passed through so I won't lose any any internet connectivity while we're chatting today. Yeah, you're up just a little further north than I am, right? Because I'm down here in Denver. Yeah, I am actually west of Denver, uh, up in the mountains, kind of near Netherland. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the close, closest, uh, we'll, we'll put biggest in quotes, uh, town near me. I live kind of just in the woods about halfway between Netherland and Blackhawk. And, you know, we've been working like a lot of people for the for the last year and a half or so here from the home office. And, um, you know, there's some pluses and minuses to it. And I'm happy that uh, technology has caught up a little bit so so we can have these conversations without without too much fear of uh, of, of the Internet squirrels dropping off. I hear you. Yeah, it's it's beautiful up in that area. Yeah, it's gorgeous today. I mean, I think it's supposed to clear up. Um, we had some sunshine earlier and then, uh, you know, kind of one of those classic Colorado's hail, sleet, pounding rainstorms came through for about half an hour. And now we're back to uh, to looking, you know, it's a little overcast, but at least it, it's looking pretty calm out there right now. Yeah, I think it might have just messed us in Denver. That or I was not... Uh... Not, actually might be coming down it might be right. it might be on its way so <laughs> so hopefully my connection won't give out of it if it hits starting to get a little yeah, dark for sure so i'm really excited to chat with you today you have a really cool business that helps um eco brands uh kind of get you know positioned and and sell on amazon um is that tell, tell us a little bit more about that yeah so my my company is named eco d to c uh direct-to-consumer. And so essentially uh, what we do is we help brands that sell physical products sell online. 
so just to give some examples, um, you know, if somebody has a, uh, an organic, um, you know, food or beverage company, or maybe they make a line of, you know, ecologically friendly cleaners, or, uh, you know, perhaps they have, uh, you know, an ethically sourced apparel line. Um, we help them sell their physical products to consumers on the internet, right? And so the main channel, the most powerful channel to do that in the in the U.S. right now is Amazon. We also um, we do Facebook ads, we do Google ads, but the vast majority of our work is is on Amazon. So essentially, we're digital marketers for the good guys. That's awesome. I know that Amazon has become one of the main quote unquote search engines that uh, the people are using. They go to Amazon to search for information at this point, uh, particularly obviously for, for, uh, you know, consumer goods. Um, and so it's, you know, it's certainly the, at least in the States, the kind of the elephant in the, in the room in terms of, uh, of commerce at this point. How did you get into, uh, into this? So I started. Well, to go to go way back, I was uh, I worked for environmental nonprofits, sort of in and out of college, and then when I was in my early uh, mid twenties, I started um, my first uh, my first venture, my first company, and ended up getting involved in digital marketing through that, uh, just by necessity of you know it was a it was a school and it was okay like we need students, how do we get them? And so that was my that was what differentiated us is that there wasn't a whole lot of people uh, with our kind of business looking for students online. And so we had a couple of, a couple of, you know, guerrilla marketing kind of tactics and then that stretched out into some other methods. And that was my sort of trial by, by fire, so to speak. And that was, that was a better part of a decade ago. So, um, you know, after that, you know, I got really just more and more involved in, uh, various kinds of digital marketing, um, Again, just you know, continuing to to work for myself, and then about four years ago, I started getting really heavily involved in Amazon. And one of the things that really struck me about the space is that uh, you know any anybody can get up and sell something on um, on Amazon on that platform. Uh, and what was really compelling about that, you know, versus like you know an eBay or you know something like that, is I saw a lot of individuals and small groups having success doing this. Like maybe they wanted to sell, um, you know, uh, some kind of generic product. Like if they wanted to, I don't know, like, uh, I know a guy that, uh, you know, who had some success early on with bamboo sunglasses. Mm -hmm. He just found a manufacturer that could produce those. And then he, you know, shipped over however many units to the U S put it online and he knew what he was doing with marketing. And then he could, you know, like that's just wanting just one tiny example of, you know, how, uh, straightforward it can be, you know, I'm skipping over some pretty important, you know, pieces sure. as far as yeah. particulars of actually getting that product from A to B. But, um, but compared to, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like it can be like a really, uh, low, uh, threshold to, to entry here. Um, and so I thought, well, like this is clearly working for a lot of people selling, you know, all kinds of different kinds of things. Like, why not just use this marketing channel for people who are making products that are better for the environment or healthier for people? And I'd always wanted to, you know, sort of circle back to the environmental angle from a, uh, you know, from a for-profit, you know, uh, business standpoint. And mm-hmm. uh, it all sort of came together uh, with Eco D2C. Wow, that's amazing. I, I, I really like the approach where you know, you're, you're taking and vetting companies for, um, 
you know, their kind of eco-friendliness and that's, that's part of your, your program. How do you handle companies that have a full, you know, like a whole line of, of materials and some of them are eco-friendly and others aren't? Is that someone who, who you might uh, choose to work with or, or is it basically you have to be a hundred percent eco-friendly? So we definitely like to see certifications in these things, but we're not, we're not exclusive to, you know, you have to have these, um, like, you know, bulleted information in order to, in order to work with us. Like it's, um, uh, there is a certain amount of sort of taking our clients, you know, word for it. But I think one of the things that helps is, you know, having the name that we do and just being really involved in the natural product space, um, Mm -hmm. which is certainly where I'm the most active. Uh, like I'm, you know, proud to say that, you know, like upwards of 95% of our book have been, you know, like natural brands and any, and the work that we've gotten that's been outside of that has been, you know, at the very least it's, uh, you know, it might be some kind of like innovative, like exercise equipment or, um, something that's, uh, you know, not like I wouldn't work with, um, you know, I think you and I were, uh, we're talking a moment ago about, you know, like would we, would we help sell roundup? No. Um, would we, would we work for tobacco companies? Probably not. Um, not really on our our list of, uh, partners that we want to have as, as a business, but, um, uh, yeah, some, I mean, some brands come to us and they have, you know, their, uh, certified fair trade or, uh, you know, certified organic, or they'll have, you know, any number of things. And then a lot of brands like certifications cost money. Like if you're just starting out or, you know, you're just haven't gotten around to it, you might not have, you know, all these things under your belt yet. So, um, it, it just depends on a, on a case by case basis, but we've worked with some brands that are real leaders in their space. And I'm, I'm really proud of, uh, the work that we've done with them and the way that we've been able to scale their sales. Yeah, it's really great. It's uh, particularly smaller brands leveraging, you know, the power of Amazon has been, um, you know, just it's enabled a lot of people to to actually, you know, carve out a, a portion of the marketplace and be able sure. to, um, to to th- survive at least in those early phases of development. When you know, if you're having to build out a whole e-commerce platform and you know, yada yada yada, it's it's uh, definitely uh, pretty pretty amazing to be able to tap into that stuff. And so it's, it's nice that the the opportunity is there for people and that people like you are enabling them to do that. I know, um, I, I wrote a book last year called mission uncomfortable and it's a, a marketing for nonprofits book. And, and I was chatting with someone who was like, well, is it up on Amazon? And I was like, well, no, I was just kind of vending it through, through my site. Um, you know, it's, I, I was, basically giving it away on my site, but he said, Oh, just put it up on Amazon and and see what happens. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it did not take me that long to get it up there. And I'm sure that having a team like yours behind it would, uh, would actually start to, to fuel some sales. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because like whether your company large or small, and this has really happened. Um, this was just starting, uh, to happen when I was getting more heavily involved in the space, but it certainly is, uh, is the reality now, uh, like Amazon is Yelp for your products at this mm-hmm. point, right? Like just to throw a couple of stats out there that, you know, kind of put in context, um, like somewhere between, uh, like 38% and, you know, upwards 40% of all e-commerce sales in the U S are on, uh, on the marketplace. Um, depends on, you know, what particular study you're, uh, referencing there. Um, but it's, a uh, it's a juggernaut of a thing. Um, 
And, you know, even especially over COVID, you know, like everybody was starting to take Amazon, everybody was already starting to take Amazon extremely seriously because people have been making a lot of money on the, mm-hmm. on the platform. But uh, when the pandemic rolled around and stores started closing and things like this, like things just kind of uh, exploded all over again. Right. right. Like it was already on a serious upward trajectory and then things have just gotten um, only, only more intense. So, um, I mean, it all depends on the kind of business you have, right? Like it's, uh, we play, um, you know, we play uh, in, you know, Facebook and Google, you know, spaces as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason that we, and that we focus on Amazon as strongly as we do is because that's where we see the, the best results for our clients. It's where the most bang for your buck is, is likely to be if you have a consumer product good. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So like ultimately, like, like my allegiance is not to the, you know, to Amazon or to their marketplace. Like my allegiance is to, you know, helping, helping companies making better products sell. And this happens to be the most uh, powerful, you know, channel digitally. If you have, uh, if you, you know, if you sell consumer goods. So that's, that's where we're going to be focusing for, for some time to come. Unless, gotcha. unless, you know, something very dramatic happens. Right. So right. Unless Alibaba moves over to, uh, right. Right. To the U S right. But that's, that's interesting. And you can actually, Alibaba has moved, like you can go on AliExpress. Okay. You can absolutely get things, um, from Alibaba here. So that, that probably is one of the, like you could count on one hand the players that could probably move into Amazon's market share, but that's one of them. So it'll be, it will be interesting to see uh, what this landscape looks like moving moving forward. And I do think it's going to be more varied. I don't fear an Amazon singularity, um, mm-hmm. a behemoth for sure. But um, yeah, like at the end of the day, we're going to be where we see the most opportunity for the the kinds of companies that we work with. Nice. So what's the process for a company that is trying to get on, on Amazon through, through you? Um, Mm -hmm. What are, what are the things that they need to tee up in order to, you know, be ready to, to work with you and your team? So there's a couple of important things to mention here. It's pretty, um, Amazon can be an expensive platform to be on, but it doesn't necessarily, like there are some minimalist ways use the platform like advertising uh and it entirely depends on how you do it and what you define as expensive like a large budget for you know one brand might be a drop in the bucket for another Mm -hmm. um but it's pretty it's like if you're just signing up for you know a a plan to sell on the platform it's like 40 dollars a month right okay plus the cost of services plus either the time it takes you to you know try to optimize your listings and, and launch them and learn the platform or the cost that it would be to hire somebody like us to do it for you. Um, and that cost is really uh, quite small compared to the cost of advertising. And then when you're on the platform, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Yelp for your products, uh, like Amazon is the most used search engine for product research. Right. Right. So, and it's to the point where people will be in, and actually, I myself was doing this before I, you know, even realized that this was, you know, starting to become consistent consumer behavior. Like if I'm in, you know, a store physically, I could be at the grocery store, for instance, and I might, you know, double check Amazon for price and for reviews if it's a new, if it's a new product to me, and I want to see mm-hmm. if it's any good. Right. Um, so everybody's doing that. Like, you know, it, like over twenty. Like the last stat that I heard for this was 
2019 actually, so I'm sure it's much higher by now. But 26% of in-store shoppers were checking Amazon for reviews and for price comparison at that point in time. <laughs> yeah, it's only it's only gone up. Yeah, I can't imagine that that's going down. That's sort of the that's the you know the why you should consider being on it, even if you want to do it super minimally, the very least you're collecting reviews. People can go and research your brand. It's kind of like a social proof. People know that you're Mm -hmm. legit enough to at least be on the platform. Um, but, uh, the first step is to, is just to set you up and to get you launched. Um, in as, in as optimized a way as possible, like with, with how, competitive the marketplace has gotten um you definitely want to you know make sure you're doing everything you can to stand out and there's um i don't want to go like too far into like methods of researching amazon seo Mm -hmm. and review strategy i don't want to you know bore anybody to to tears who might not be like super into the jargony stuff but um essentially like we want to make sure that your copy is uh is uh super sharp and is keyword optimized we want to make sure that your images are um, uh, are, you know, optimized and are the, the kinds of, uh, the kind of creative that's going to really draw customers in. There's other sections of the listings, um, that we could get into that right. essentially have the same goal of like, if somebody, if somebody discovers you, however they discover you, like whether, um, uh, you know, they read about you online or they were targeted by an ad or they're in a store or they found you at a market or something. Um, as whoever is discovering you is going to, you know, have the best experience possible is going to be the most likely to convert, right? They're going to learn everything that they need to know in order to, you know, um, as to whether or not they're going to, they're going to make that purchase. And so it's, it's like launching a website. Yeah. Yeah. I was about right? to say, it, it sounds a lot like optimizing a website. You should think of Amazon as your second online storefront. The first being your website, the second being Amazon. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, are you guys helping with setting all that stuff up? Are you taking product oh, yeah. shots and every, everything for, for clients? Oh, so good question. Uh, we're not a creative agency. Okay. Um, we're, we're data, uh, we're data nerds. Um, okay. so we, we do, we lean on our partners, um, for, uh, their creative. And then we like, we'll absolutely give recommendations and examples of like, this is what good creative on Amazon looks like. Right. We think you should go out and, you know, maybe get some of X, Y, Z, but you're going to need somebody to guide you in creating that content. Um, but we don't, yeah, we don't do photography or those kinds of things, Gotcha. We, but we take, uh, we take a brand's existing assets and then we make, um, the absolute most out of it. Gotcha. That's great. Um, have you seen, uh, you know, uh, people in, in the nonprofit space leverage Amazon in a similar way in, ter- in terms of, of kind of differentiating, differentiating their revenue, um, where they've, they've brought products to into play. Is that something you've seen work well? Not, I mean, they absolutely could. So if they have physical products to sell or even just, you know, merge, right? Like it's not a bad idea to put it on the platform. Um, I have I can't say that I've seen it uh I've seen it you know as a uh, as a large trend with nonprofits probably because I simply don't uh, I'm not in contact with that many nonprofits mm-hmm. that have physical products to sell right but there's definitely a lot of um you know mission driven companies that are that absolutely have a presence on the platform like think of your you know Patagonia's mm-hmm. uh uh you know like Tom's um yeah. uh Tom's of Maine, I'm even saying that brand name right. 
Um, you know, that's Tom shoes. I think is Tom what you, Sh- Tom Sh- when you're thinking of. Yeah. But I think the, well, anyhow, yeah, I'm thinking of the toothpaste company, which may or may not. Oh, Tom, yeah. Yeah. Tom, Tom's a main, um, they, they may or may not actually have an ethical mission. I might be mixing some things up here but, uh, or literally any of the brands that we've worked with. Right. Right. So, right. As far as the nonprofit space goes, I mean, I would very much welcome the opportunity to work with a nonprofit trying to get launched on the platform and help them figure out a strategy that's actually going to be effective for them because their goals are probably going to be way different mm-hmm. than a typical for-profit company. You want to make the platform work for you and not just you know get sucked into this rabbit hole. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, if you're, if you're selling something, if you're selling a physical good, then it'll be, there'll be a way to use this to your benefit. Nice. Are, are there any pitfalls that people should be aware of? I know one, I have a couple friends who have big, um, food brands. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the things that they've talked with me about, and, and obviously Whole Foods is part of Amazon now, but mm-hmm. one of the things that they've talked to me about is how it can be a kind of a blessing and a curse to get placed into, uh, you know, a major retailer like that, because you, um, potentially if, if you don't take off quite as quickly as you, as they thought, or even if you take off too quickly and can't fulfill, um, you can kind of lose that spot. Um, and, and it's a lot of times it's very hard to get back once you've lost it. Is Amazon working in a similar sort of retail fashion or, or do they not really care about performance? So your performance is going to determine your organic rank on Amazon. Okay. Um, similar in the way that, uh, you know, Google will rank you, uh, depending on how relevant you are and how, you know, uh, how much traffic you're getting from certain queries mm-hmm. and things like this. Uh, the difference being on Google, people are asking a question that they want to answer right. and on Amazon, people are looking for a product to buy. So all that's to, to bring that around, to put that in the context of your retail question. Like with retailers, it's tough because you have to maintain a certain velocity or they drop you. Right. So you'll never be dropped from Amazon's platform unless, you know, something goes wrong. Um, like there's always shelf space for you there, like quote unquote. Um, right, right. Kind of the unlimited the unlimited catalog. But if you, like stockouts definitely do affect, like you, first of all, obviously you're not making any sales, but right. also like you start falling in organic rank. Um, you know, your uh, your ads are going to need a little, if you're running them, you're going to need a little longer to... They're going to have to uh, have you're going to have to have some patience for them to get back up to the level that they were before. Mm-hmm. It depends on how long the stockout is. If it's for like a day, then this is like less so, right? If this is for sure. like a couple months, then well, like we have some work to do to get it back. It's not like a <laughs> right. man snapping back, right? So, um, yeah, we can pro- we can talk about stock issues probably for the next half an hour if we wanted to, but um, yeah, like they're the common most common pitfalls, I would say. Uh, I would say brands fall into are um, there's a bunch. So there's things that are uh, inventory related, right? Not being, um, uh, not having it when they need it. Um, not being optimized. Okay. So they're like 69% of, uh, of Amazon customers will bounce is in the leave a detail page that doesn't have enough information. Okay. Like you don't want to, um, 
I'm going to apologize in advance. There's a fire truck coming up the <laughs> avenue. That's okay. Uh, living in downtown Denver. Here it comes. We can get this out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, hey, sorry about that. The fire truck just, just passed. No um, problem. But uh, you can – so just in that, there's opportunity on Amazon to, you know, really – do uh, do your brand justice and you know convert. You can also scare people away. Okay. Um, you know if your listing is is bad and doesn't have enough information, someone might buy it thinking it's one thing, mm-hmm. and then it's you know not quite that, and they leave negative reviews. Um, like I wouldn't suggest launching on the platform if no one's going to look at it. Uh, okay. And monitor the thing for you know a very very long period of time. Gotcha. If no one not, if no one on your team is going to be managing it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be super high maintenance. It just has to be like you have to be on top of it. Okay. Um, and then there's a lot of there's a lot of things regarding like you know if your Amazon's metrics are you know fairly uh, fairly demanding. You know if you are uh, if you have like a late shipment rate um, that's too high, or you're getting like too many, you know, complaints or like things are arriving broken all the time because they haven't been packaged effectively. Then, then Amazon can very much drop you. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, you might have something go wrong and this is the other common thing. I think people underestimate how buggy the back end can be. Okay. Amazon, Amazon's growing at a really breakneck pace and right. they, like, the experience for customers on Amazon is super smooth. It's not that way for sellers. It just isn't. And anybody getting involved in the platform should just be forewarned that like, you know, it's, uh, they might, Amazon might have a rollout and then, you know, uh, like certain things might go wrong and then you have to fix them just in the same way that the, you know, web on a wet, like the, if you have a website, you know, you're going to have to do updates Right. You won't have to do updates on Amazon. You're just going to have to keep an eye to make sure that everything is like nothing, nothing weird's going on. So <laughs> that's, all, less, that's funny. <laughs> less maintenance than a website. Definitely less maintenance than a website, but, um, it's good to have, you know, somebody on hand that you can call and just be like, this thing is going on. Can you make sure that, you know, everything's ship shape? Gotcha. Have, have you seen certain products? types do do better on amazon than others if someone is is thinking of launching a a brand or or you know getting into this space is there are there any um any categories that you recommend people really either avoid or or uh or you know embrace i would say that it really depends on how you're positioned in your space you can get into a competitive space and rock it um or you can get Mm -hmm. into a, uh, a niche that has a lot of opportunity for growth and uh, if customers don't resonate with it or, you know, not as much as they, as you think they should, then, you know, you can easily like things can easily get more complicated. So there's no, I wouldn't say there's like one space I would stay away from. There's certainly categories that are like require more like documentation to prove that you're legitimate. Right. Okay. Um, like if you're selling like a sup, like a, a health supplement or something, like mm-hmm. you were probably going to have to, you know, submit some evidence showing that, uh, you know, the powers that be have or the, the governing bodies that are important, um, have deemed you to be safe for the public. So I wouldn't say there's any one space to stay away from. I would highly, highly encourage people. Um, there's some pretty cool analytical tools out there. 
to get some data on what a space looks like before you launch. Okay. Um, so we use Helium 10, for example. It's just the software. It's the name of the software suite. There's a free, uh, there's a free uh, like demo version of it. Um, and I'm just an example here. Uh, like you can use one of their tools called X-Ray to you know, get estimates of your competitor's revenue. Okay. And that's pretty unique. Like it is an estimate, like don't take it to be, you know, uh, uh, don't take it to be more than, than what it is, but it can really show you, you know, who's, you know, which of your competitors are really owning a space. Um, you know, what are the, you can, you can mine the reviews. There's so much customer data on Amazon. If you know how to tap into it, you right. can, uh, uh, you can uh, tap into the reviews and you can see what the biggest complaints among customers are. You can see what, um, uh, you can see what, you know, they, they praise in products and, you know, you really want to make sure that, uh, as you try to differentiate and as you launch on the platform that you're using the language that your customers are using and that you, you know, you're solving their actual pain points. Right. So all this is to a long way of saying, you know, if you, if you know how to get the data, um, and there's some pretty straightforward tools to use, you can, you can get a lot of really interesting, data points that can help you make some really important decisions as to, you know, um, how you're going to launch on Amazon and, you know, what your strategy is going to be and what's really possible, uh, for you as a brand. Right. Well, we've, we've actually started doing that as well, where we, we look at customer reviews, both for clients as well as for client competitors to see what the problems are that people are actually, um, you know, getting resolved or, or getting solved or caring about the most, I guess, is is probably the, the best way to look at that. Um, because if somebody's leading a review, it's probably the thing that that's most pressing to them that they're talking about. So when you go and and start to kind of look for opportunity, um, you know, those customer reviews can be really super helpful. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's kind of Amazon's bread and butter. So I would say if one is, is launching a brand or trying to come up with, even with, with marketing copy, um, that Mm -hmm. reviews can be a great place to start just to figure out exactly what it is that, you know, exactly the problem that, uh, that, that your customers uh, believe you're solving for them as opposed to what you believe your customers believe yes. <laughs> you're solving for them. Um, and, and oftentimes those are very, very different, different things. I mean, we come into the, in the market thinking, Oh, you know, I, I help people do this. And when you start looking at reviews, it's like, Oh, well, they actually think I help them do this other thing more frequently. So maybe I should talk about that more. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like, anytime you're launching something new, um, you know, you have to validate, you have to validate your product and the messaging, right? And so there's a lot of different ways to use different channels for that. But with, Am- but with uh, Amazon, I think has a unique opportunity for you to get a lot of data ahead of time. So you know, you at least know the sandbox that you're about to play in. Absolutely. You can yeah. set it up. Um, <clears throat> but just to give you a just to give you one example that I think illustrates how this can be used really well. Um, there's a, um, so there's a, a contact that I have where um, I actually interviewed him for a, a blog a, a long time ago, but he, um, so he, his entire business is looking for, and you'll find a lot of people that do this, but his entire business model is going and looking for, opportunities in different niches 
um, in which there's like one or like, there's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of sales. There's just one or two leaders yep. and not a, like not too much competition. And then he'll go and like mine the reviews and see, you know, what customers are missing. And then he'll just go make that product. Like he did mm-hmm. this with a very successfully, just one of many examples with a, with a cash box. So he's okay. looking at, you know, like locked cash boxes and, you know, like, product with uh, leading product has like thousands of reviews uh most of them like enormously positive and then he just sourced into the negative reviews and a common complaint was that if this thing got tipped upside down or tilted then like the coins in the top level of the cash box would like all like intermingle right they'd become loose right right and so he just found a manufacturer to make a mold in which that was not a problem right and he really knew how to market on Amazon because he'd done this several times and it just ended up being an enormously, enormously successful product for him. So you can literally go and see what people are asking for see if there's an option there. And if there isn't, make it. Yeah, it's amazing that we can do that these days. It's, uh, you know, it's so, e- well, easy. It's, it's so less complex to bring a, bring a product to market these days, it seems like. Than it, was, than it was previously, yes. Like there's yeah. there's a lot of, you know, like, you know, what was his marketing plan? You know, like how did mm-hmm. he go about finding the manufacturer? Like prototyping and there are, but there's, uh, it's a step-by-step process that um, that one can go through to, you know, see if this is really going to work, which I think is really, really unique. Like however complex it is now, like, you know, within very recent memory, it was much, much, much harder. Interesting. Yeah. It's really cool to just see, um, well, I know, you know, I, I do a lot of shopping in, in kind of the eco space and, and it's great to see how much easier it is to find those products these days, um, than, than it used to be, um, both in, in re in the retail space as well as on, on Amazon, um, and, and online it. So it's, it's just great that, that, you know, smaller manufacturers, because, it used to be, you know, just dominated by Procter and Gamble or, or whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so now there's a, there's a, an outlet for, um, you know, for, for these smaller businesses to start to, to get a, a little bit of a foothold. <clears throat> yep. Yep. No, and that's what our whole, that's what our whole ethos is. Um, you know, eco direct to consumer helping eco products, uh, not to get too pitchy, but it's, it's just what gets me excited about, um, what still has me excited about the space. Like you can, you don't have to hit, you know, a certain threshold to just stay on the shelves. Like Mm -hmm. there are, there are other avenues to reach your consumers, uh, you know, more like in a more direct way and to have a bit more flexibility at a, you know, with a cost that is not quite so, cash intensive at the outset. It'll still cost like you're, it's a different cost. Like you're paying for data. Sure. Up front yeah. So you can, you know, you can validate and you can optimize in these things. Um, but, uh, the, there's just an awful lot you can do in this space. If you know what you're doing. So how does your model work? Are you taking a percentage or do you have a, a monthly fee plus percentage? What's the, what's the, the working relationship look like for, a, a you know, someone listening who's like, I, I have a great eco product idea and I'd love to have, have Luke help me out. It depends on, um, what we're being tapped for. So if we're, if we're just launching onto the platform, for instance, um, you know, just launching an optimized store, optimized listings, like that's, you know, 
that done right is largely a one and done, right? You mm-hmm. don't need to be, uh, you don't need to, it's not like other spaces where you have to constantly be thinking about like refreshing your copy. And, um, you know, you might want to do like, depending on, uh, you know, your sales data, and, you know, certain, uh, certain indicators, like it could, there are cases in which it's uh, helpful to touch up your copy, but for the most part, if you do it right, like once you're launched, you'll be okay for, you know, quite some time. Um, so that's just a project cost. That depends on the number of, uh, of products and SKUs we're launching. Okay. Um, and then if we're doing ads, that's a month over month, uh, retainer. And that's, um, that depends on the size of the budget we're managing. So on the low end, it's just a flat fee. Okay. And then if we're getting, you know, there's certain thresholds over which it's, it is just a percentage. Um, but it depends on, uh, we have some different tiers. It depends on the size of the budget. Gotcha. Gotcha. This is going to show my, my ignorance a little bit, but uh, these are advertisements on, on Amazon. Is it like a promoted type of situation or, or is there something I'm unaware of as a consumer, uh, when I've gone to use Amazon that, that I'm actually being advertised to? Nope. That's, that's exactly correct. So if you go into a search for anything really on Amazon, Mm -hmm. you're likely to see, uh, if you see sponsored, um, okay. Yep. Uh, then that, that means that it's a, that it's a paid ad. Right. Okay. And so, and there's just a lot of, there's different ad types you can do, you know, there's, you know, video has been a really big thing that was rolled out a while ago that you know continues to evolve. There's display advertising. Okay. Um, so we can get into the different, uh, the different types, but you can, um, uh, they're, they're all going to, they're ads on the Amazon platform, unless you start getting into like much larger budgets and that's, well, that's a whole other conversation um, with a, it's called DSP and there's, I mean, there's, that's probably not too much reason to get too far into that, but right. unless you get to a certain size in which you're spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in your ads budget, um, which is something like we do work with brands that do exactly that. Um, right. And, you know, there's a larger strategy to, to discuss. Um, but, and unless you're getting to the level in which you're, dropping money on something like that, then yeah, it's pay-per-click ads at different places around the Amazon platform. Okay, cool. Interesting. What, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in the, in the eco product space? Are there any, any things that stand out that you're, that you're really, uh, really excited about? So food and beverage on Amazon has exploded, right? It's just, it's been one of the fastest growing categories in Amazon for the past couple of years. Um, even pre-pandemic, and then that just you know put gasoline in that fire, mm-hmm. and uh, you know within the natural products you know industry, like uh, you know food and beverage definitely has a pretty sizable chunk, I would say, of of that industry as a whole. There's just um, it's been the it's been one of the you know most prominent, fastest growing sectors with within it. So that's been really exciting to see. Um, to see that increase uh, in in search interest and consumers who you know really want mission driven brands, mm-hmm. uh, obviously that's not just in food and beverage. You find that in a lot of places now, uh, but that that is only increasing as time goes on. Some spaces it matters more than others, right? Like uh, people will you know care more about the food they eat and the cleaners they use and, you know, sometimes the clothes they wear as well, you know, how it's sourced. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, sometimes, you know, being, 
being a sustainable, uh, a brand that values sustainability is pretty much always a plus, but it might not be the largest thing on the customer's mind, depending on what product you have, like electronics right. um, is one where like, that's very nice, but you know, uh, customers might, you know, question like, Oh, is it going to be as good as my, you know, X headphones? Right. Um, and so there's, you know, there's challenges, you know, everywhere, but, uh, there are certain, yeah, I would say, I would say food and beverage especially has, has just absolutely exploded, but a lot of spaces have as, as well. Yeah. One of the things I've been seeing lately, or, and, and maybe it's just because I've been shopping for it quite a bit more. Um, you know, we've, we've always been fairly sensitive to the packaging that we use, but, but, you know, eco packaging and Amazon's, I think done an okay job of this as well in terms of bringing in, um, you know, more eco-friendly, less plastic packaging. But, um, but that, that movement in the eco space seems to be picking up as well, where, um, you know, products that were normally packaged in, in plastic containers are now coming in, um, you know, like a, like a waxed paper type of, of, of packaging. And so I, I think that that's a place where, um, where people can, could make some, make some moves for sure. So I would actually say this is an area where Amazon can really has, has a lot of, of room for improvement on the packaging side. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of, uh, I definitely think, you know, like if uh, it'll be like a box within a box surrounded by plastic yeah. kind of deal, that's pretty common. However, I mean, with, with, the uh, with a corporation, the size of Amazon, you know, I wait to see it, to believe it, but they've publicly made a lot of pretty, pretty big commitments as far as, you know, uh, the year that they're going to be carbon neutral. Um, or, you know, trying to electrify their, uh, actually, I'm not sure if they made a public commitment to this, but I know for a fact that they're looking really hard into, um, you know, electrifying their delivery fleet. Right. Um, you know, they, they are making moves to be, um, uh, to be a more environmentally friendly company for sure. Um, there's a, you know, you can, you can filter on Amazon now for, uh, for brands that have a, a climate friendly badge. Oh, cool. So you can, yeah. So if anybody out here wants to make sure they're getting something eco-friendly in Amazon, the the way that that works is that you have to have certain certifications in order to get that badge. And that's how that is. Um, they've partnered with Fairtrade and, you know, some of these other certification bodies. Right. So they're definitely, so I think there's a lot um, of possibility on the very near horizon for if they execute on any number of the things that they've mentioned, um, or have committed to publicly. Um, but yeah, packaging, packaging is one of these problems that I think that I very much look forward to, to being solved. Um, I absolutely think that it will, but it's, uh, just in general, like finding really reliable eco packaging, I know has been a challenge for a lot of the brands that we've worked with. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, if you have compostable packaging and your product is on the shelf for too long, then, well, yeah. <laughs> and it's it'll to, so, yeah. so, and I'm not trying to say that all compostable packaging is like that. Um, I don't want to speak in, I want to be careful not to speak in you know, too broad terms here, but it's, uh, absolutely, uh, it's, it's, it's been a challenge for a lot of, uh, founders and, you know, um, uh, founding teams that yeah. we've known. Well, I think it's just, you know, making that move and starting to get that traction. I know that uh, this is just one of the products that, that I know that we have purchased in the last, uh, 
few months is a is a dish soap and, and it's essentially instead of coming in a in a plastic container it comes in in like a milk carton style uh, you know like a paper milk carton style container which just reduces some of that some of that waste which i i think mm-hmm. is or that you know that single use waste at least uh from a plastic uh perspective so it's just cool to see companies making moves like that and and i think I, well at least i hope that that trend continues because we we absolutely need it and and it, and you're you're completely spot on saying that Amazon can, can do a bit better and, and hopefully they're, they're going to continue to make, make strides in that direction. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm every, anytime, um, anytime I see something and it's been, I don't have any specific examples to reference right now, but, uh, just being somebody who gets a lot of Amazon news, I do see, see these things come through every now and then. And so I do think that there's a lot of, uh, I think it sounds like they're working on some really good things, but then again, like when, when we're, when discussing a corporation of that size, you know, like best to, whether it's Amazon, Facebook, Google, or anybody, right. Like, you know, you want to, you want to see it. Right. I absolutely agree. Well, I know you need to bounce to get on another call here. And I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today about all of this. I think what you're doing is great. You know, really enabling eco-friendly brands to elevate their their exposure is is uh is just a, a fantastic mission um how can people how can people find you if they're looking for uh for assistance in this space yeah so uh you can always reach out to me um i mean i don't uh, so our website is you know eco d is in dog number two season cat.com uh eco d to c uh, you can also, I mean, feel free to send me uh, an email. So just Luke at ecoddc.com. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. We also have a contact form on the site. Um, but yeah, uh, we we intentionally position ourselves as an educational resource. Um, just about, you know, digital and multi-channel strategy in general. So if anybody has any questions, please feel free to to reach out. Uh, I, I would encourage everyone to do so. I think that, you know, if, if you can just you know, put, put a little fuel behind that, uh, initial launch and then be able to, to tap into your, um, expertise to keep things moving in the right direction. People will, will be able to experience some really great results. I, I love having conversations like this and and learning more about all these, you know, great opportunities for people to succeed in the world and spread the, the eco vibe. Um, but one of the things that I really also want to do is is inspire action. And so if people who listen to our show today were to go out in the world and do one thing after after listening to our, our chat, what what would you have them do? Ooh. That's a good question. And I really like that question. Okay, so one thing. Okay, so I'm gonna keep this uh like all the, you know, political and social issues going on aside, I'll, I'll keep it, I'll keep something focused on, you know, um, something product related that everybody can do. So I actually, um, I'll, I'll, uh, nerd out, you know, so to speak on, uh, like th- there's certain products that I use on a daily basis. Um, that if I just replace with like one eco-friendly option, then like, I know that I'm supporting, I'm supporting, uh, you know, the shift towards more eco-friendly products. And that's, that's a really, I think it's, I can't, I don't think I'm going to underestimate the importance of, 
Um, you know, the reason that like renewable energy is coming down so much is that people are using it and the more, you know, uh, the, uh, the longer we go and the more money's in it, the more efficiencies we gain and the better it gets. Um, so the same thing comes to is comes around in terms of natural, you know, uh, products. So like toothpaste is a simple example, like every tube of toothpaste that's ever been made is still around. Um, and so like, I, and I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna mention any brands that, you know, we've consulted just in general. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to go, uh, um, and buy, you know, you can get like little toothpaste tablets or you can get, um, you know, eco-friendly, uh, like dental floss that doesn't, you know, have plastic in it. Like, um, and these are just like, you know, toiletry sort of examples, but there's, there's an awful, if there's something that you have to buy and re up on regularly, I would just find one thing and then shift to using a different brand that is eco-conscious. And then like your dollars are going to, you know, help us make this transition. Um, and like little, little things like that, uh, when added up going off a long way. Yeah, absolutely. I love that ask. And it's something that I've been trying to be more conscious about. Uh, in fact, you mentioned dental floss. I I was like, I'm throwing away a lot of plastic, you know, every time I run out of dental floss. And so I bought a bamboo dental floss holder thing with, um, where you can just buy the refillable piece that has a cardboard tube that it uses instead of, instead of plastic. And so, um, so it's achievable. People go out and find one thing that you, that you're about to to buy again and, and swap it out with something eco-friendly. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Luke. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day and, and, uh, let's stay in touch. All right. Absolutely. Thank you so much too. Sure. Bye-bye. All right, there you have it. Another great episode of Relish This. Thanks for listening. If you would like to learn more about how to apply the audience engagement cycle to expand your organization's mission, there are two things you can do. Right now, you can go to missionuncomfortablebook.com to download a copy of my book. And while you're there, you can get your purpose-driven marketing score to see where you can unearth some gold for your organization. If you'd like to listen to back episodes of the show or sign up to be a guest, go to relishstudio.com slash podcast. That's it for this week. I'll be back next week for another great episode of Relish This.